0: welcome back everyone this is the red and yellow kingdom podcast i'm your host scott joined by rich with your average everyday chiefs talk all of our episodes are available on most streaming platforms just search for the red and yellow kingdom podcast you can also check us out on our social media pages such as facebook twitter and instagram for the latest episodes and up-to-date chiefs news so the chiefs are coming off a bye week wouldn't say long waited bye week because it's kind of in the way earlier in the season. Um, obviously, we're heading into week nine, uh, but I think the Chiefs needed needed that break here this time, just because some of, some of the injuries they were um, accumulating during the course of the beginning of the season probably obviously helped them out uh, right right now. To um, you know having that bye week that early, um, and so and then also we are coming off of the NFL trade deadline, which was this past Tuesday, the first I believe it was um and since we're obviously into November so rich out of the trades that were made on on a trade deadline day I guess you would say there was 10 trades which was um an NFL league record to date um looks like the NFL is starting to become more and more like the MLB trade deadline it seems like as of late but out of the out of those 10 trades that were made on trade deadline which ones do you think probably benefit uh you know teams the most now
1: yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a thought process of benefiting, and the ones you let's say I personally like as a, as a football GM enthusiast, right? That's one of the funny story. Um, so you and I both play Madden. You probably play the game much more than I do, even though I'm on the game, right? So what right. I mean is, all I do is build teams. <laughs> all I do is start a franchise mode, go through the offseason, draft, sign free agencies. I always take like the terrible teams, and do all that, right? That's all I do. It's funny because the girlfriend and the kid. They're like, Dad, you never play. Sorry, my girlfriend doesn't call me Dad. That would be weird, right? But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, there's that term sort of out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. But so yeah. some people do that right now. Yeah. Me. So that's weird. Um, they'll be like, Hey, you never actually play the game. All you do is build teams. So anytime I'm playing Madden, they're like, You're building teams. You're actually playing games. So, anyways, funny little side story, right? But the team that I think benefited the most from their moves, there are two teams that send out in the immediate, let's say, need or not need, but benefit. Um, the Ravens picking up Raquan Smith is huge for them, right? They get another young athletic linebacker to go to to go with Patrick Queen. I think Smith is more of a um, run stopper than he is in coverage. He's not terrible in coverage, but um, he's not, let's say, as mobile as Patrick Queen. So I think what that does for them is give them more mobility on defense, which is great. Um, you know, I think we'll see he's leading the NFL in tackles, right, which is something you never see somebody leading. A positive category, um, get traded. It's a great move for the Ravens. I think they'll do, I think you'll do really, really well there. Again, Ravens acquiring more young talent. And then the which second actually, one,
0: which I would say that we we'll point out, which actually that trade wasn't on the actual trade deadline; right. was the day before. But yeah. we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, and then there's TJ Hawkinson, right? TJ Hawkinson, which is I don't I think that's why the Lions are a bad football organization. They traded in division to the Minnesota Vikings and they traded TJ Hawkinson, which is arguably one of the top seven um, tight ends, right? I mean, because there's just not a huge amount of really good tight ends, but he's also just a good player. So they send him to Minnesota. They got back good draft capital for it, but still, um, I guess the Lions just understand they're on two different spectrums, right? The Lions are still building, trying to increase talent, which again, doesn't make sense why they traded Hawkinson, Um, and Minnesota gets Someone who comes in right away. Um, what was it? Their tight end just got hurt for a few weeks and they'll be out for a few weeks. So TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and of course, and of course, Primetime Kirk. Um, you know, I think that just makes them even better as an offense with a team that, um, you know, probably will win that division and be one of the top seeds in the NFC.
0: Yeah. And then so also, um, I know another one you did mention that was probably I mean, maybe one of the bigger trades as far as uh, how many things were involved um, was the uh, Bradley uh, Bradley Chubb trade um, that obviously the uh, Dolphins got uh, looks like they only gave they gave up a first rounder for 2023 and a fourth rounder for 2024 um, and also gave up the running back Chase Edmonds for Bradley Chubb so that helps out um, you know the Dolphins defense for. You know, it seems like as their offense is pretty much on fire as long as Tua um, is in there playing. um, You know, obviously helps out their defense for the long go. What do you think as far as on that one? You know, obviously with the Bills being in division, they want to get better on defense. Obviously.
1: So, you know, I talked about this one. Same with the Lions. Like, this is another trade I do not understand. The Broncos, you are not talented. You don't. Maybe they are kind of talented. I mean, they're not like bare bones like the Texans, you know, the Falcons, uh, the Lions. But he's one of the best defenders in the NFL. You have the money to pay him. He makes your team immediately good. You just paid a quarterback a huge amount of money to stay good, and you trade away one of these pieces. So that's the Broncos side of it, right? We're talking about the Dolphins. The Dolphins, Mm -hmm. with this acquisition, their offense is solid, right? They also pick up a running back that should be solid for them. Defensively, they're a pretty solid defensive team. Chubb with Jalen Phillips, um, you know they've got good linebackers, good secondary. This is a pick for, or this is, isn't a pick, but this is a trade that really starts to put them up there where they can actually compete. And I know, yes, they beat the Bills, right? Um, I'm interested to see what happens in their next matchup. But it'll put them up there with you know the Ravens, the the Bengals. Um, I guess you can say the Titans, you know, with those teams where maybe they're not as good as the Chiefs and the Bills on paper, right? I know that, you know, people are like, oh, the Titans have the same record as the Chiefs, blah, 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 whatever. Bills and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the NFL, definitely the two best in the AFC. But it it's them in that next level category of best teams in the AFC. And I think, you know, um, as long as Tua stays healthy, this move solidifies their defense where their defense matches their offense. And like I said, the defense has always been good. So Brian Flores left them with a the good defense. So this is a great move for Miami to have a guy. And I think they already signed into a big contract, didn't they?
0: They did. I forget what it was. I want to say it was like a $101 million contract. Right. Uh, Which, yeah.
1: if I'm not mistaken, and I'll try to pull up the numbers while we're talking, um, that's a great deal for the Dolphins. Obviously, Bradley Chubbs get paid. Chubb gets paid. But, I mean, you're paying – see if I can find it really quick five year 110 right so he's around in the early 20s on yearly I mean that's still pretty darn good for a guy who's 26 years old you'll keep him till he's about 32 31 32 paying a like I said a top 10 defensive end
0: and what they Um, gave up for him was not really much Right, and if I'm not
1: mistaken, that one that they gave up was one of the ones that they acquired in all their moves that they've made over the last few years. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: um, including with uh, Ty with Tyree Kill and uh, Waddle for those other uh, first round picks they traded away. So yeah, they've done really well on getting exactly good players back in those capital. So a couple other things. Obviously, the main theme, and it's funny, we always mention about running backs and their value as far as draft, you know, and all that, but um. You know in this actual trade deadline there was a lot of running backs that changed for new teams now most of them i would say they're you know they're not like starters they are like maybe role players um for the running backs that got traded especially the ones on um you know nfl uh, on the on the trade deadline deadline, yeah yeah with with Hines and moss getting swapped between the colts and the bills um jeff wilson going to the dolphins from the niners um obviously, you know, Chase Edmonds was in that Broncos deal that we just mentioned, so he's going to Denver. Uh, but I mean outside I mean, obviously, um, you know, McCaffrey was the biggest one, you know, obviously the week before that, and then James Robinson going to um the Jets in sure. that um, trade with Jacksonville. But um so what I mean, what do you think as far as that? I mean, it's just, just I guess what other teams are just trying to, you know, I don't know, not really say start over with their backup running backs, so but maybe see if it's like a another a better good fit, right? Or a better fit, I would you would say. Uh, with another team,
1: yeah. I mean, and again, it just kind of proves the value of NFL running backs, right? And it, it's an important position, but there are just so many players that are talented in that spot, right? It's arguably, and when you look at, let's say, when you go watch a youth game, who's the who's the running back at ten years old? Usually, the best player on the field, right? Because they're the right. one that's going to get the ball the most. They can right. run through everyone, run around everyone. And even though that's not solely the case in the NFL it's the position where if you have athletic ability vision and you're tough you can play right because you get the ball you you kind of dictate where you're running based on how they block but um but yeah i mean what was it 5 or 6 cuz there's four on the trade deadline
0: yeah, then it was with, two before. I think there was about seven total, because it was uh or about six. You're right, because with uh, Hines Moss, that's two, uh, Wilson three, Edmonds four. So yeah, then right. and then Robinson McCaffrey four. That was but yeah, so six. Okay, yeah,
1: Robinson was the other one. Yep. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's one where the the interesting one is, which I don't get, is the Bills trading for Naheem Hines when they've got James Cook, Devin Singletary. I think it's just another mm-hmm. another. um b bc guy you know like it's not an a type running back like a cmc but it's definitely a running back that will help the rotation
0: and they and they straight away Zach Zach moss so it's almost like he yeah. just kind of just replaces his you know role or whatever he had um in the offense so um you know before we get into the the, the titans uh matchup uh one more trade also discussed which actually this involves the chiefs yeah, um, with, yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs did um, trade their cornerback uh, Rashawn Fitton to the Falcons for a conditional seventh-round pick. Um, now, obviously, I think most Chiefs fans for, we are probably happy with that just because, you know, A, it's you, you get the younger guys to play more, and Fitton was getting, um, you know, either holding penalties or just hasn't been playing really well. I mean, obviously, it's kind of interesting how his career with the Chiefs have gone because when he first, um, you know, came on the team, he actually was playing pretty well, even though what the Super Bowl year, um, I mean, when the Super Bowl, he actually played pretty well up until I think it really was what last year he started yeah. kind of sliding and gotten a little, you know, hasn't been the same really so much. So, um, you know, as far as, you know, us now going with Sneed and, you know, pretty much three rookies with uh, McDuffie, uh, Williams, and Wat- uh, Wat- uh, Watson, sorry. I was about to say Watkins. Uh, but, um, no, so Watson, so uh, what do you think about, you know, pretty much that trade going down and, uh, you know, how the, that uh, defensive back uh, looked now?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a, a good move because, like you said, right, I mean, his performance definitely definitely mostly health-related. But as his last year on the contract, it's your typical, you know, last year your contract gets something out of him. He's a guy that can maybe provide some depth for Atlanta, right, if he's available. Um He was drafted in the sixth round. So, I mean, you get basically a pick, the same pick for him. So, um, so yeah, I think it was a good move. Some people were like, why are we trading cornerbacks if our secondary is getting beat up? I think that Mm -hmm. talks about the confidence that the staff, whether it's a coaching staff or the back office personnel, have in the rookies. And at the end of the day, I mean, we've already been playing with them, right? And without Fenton, you know, it can only get better, hopefully. um, Now that we get McDuffie back and then you've got, Watson, Williams, um, you know, Lamont, some of the other guys. So I think it's definitely going to be a, a position that will that will add some more depth in the offseason. But overall, you're getting rid of a guy on his last year. You'd rather get something out of nothing. him. And if it's a late-round pick, yeah, then nothing. You know, right. you take it.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so heading into our Week 9 preview here with the Chiefs um, and Titans, where the Tennessee Titans are coming to Arrowhead for Sunday night football. So the Chiefs once again have another primetime game on Sunday night. So uh, I guess I'll send it back to you, Rich, for inside numbers between the two teams. Yeah, for sure. So
1: leaders-wise, it's going to be interesting, right, because I know Ryan Tannehill isn't supposed to be playing, trying to do everything that he's supposed to be, or trying to do everything possible to make sure he plays, from what I read this morning. But, of course, he's the leader, let's say, uh, from a passing perspective, Um, the rookie Malik Willis would be the one starting if Ryan, Ryan Tannehill doesn't go. But Tannehill's numbers on the year are 95 um, out of 146, a little bit over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Um, Robert Woods is their leader at that wide receiver. They have not had, let's say, the best luck since losing A.J. Brown. The rookie has been beat up, and then Robert Woods just hasn't been as effective. Right? I mean, that's kind of the case for Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. So 22 receptions, 256 yards, and one touchdown for Robert Woods. And then, of course, we know um, who their best back is in Derrick Henry, arguably the best back in the NFL, with 166 attempts, 755 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then let's say for the Chiefs, Mahomes is at 176 out of 263, doubling up Ryan Tannehill's passing yards at a little bit over 2,100 yards. He has 20 touchdowns, so almost quadrupling uh, Ryan Tannehill's touchdown count. Kelsey. The same thing with, um, let's say, numbers doubling the Titans numbers. He has 47 receptions, 553 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then you have C.E.H. leading the way on the ground with 65 rushes, 288 yards, and three touchdowns. When we get into the team numbers, um here's Tennessee's, right? So Tennessee is at... 18.9 points score per game, which is 24th in the NFL, so on the lower end. Defense wise, they're at 19.7, which is ninth best, so the top end of rankings. Yardage wise, um, in the air, they are second to last, with 147 yards per game. So that's the 31st ranking. On the ground, they're ninth best, with 138. Defensively in the air, they give up to about 254 per game, which is 24th best, and then on the ground, they only give up 89, which is second best. Chiefs give up 92 yards per game on average, which is third best in the NFL. So a game of two good rushing defenses. And then in the air, the Chiefs give up 277, which is the 30th um, worst, or I guess you can say 30th best <laughs> um, for uh, a passing yards perspective. And then on the ground, the Chiefs are 23rd in the NFL with 107. Average per game, and then, of course, in the air right, which you would expect is 296, second best in the NFL. Um, and then points allowed per game, the Chiefs are at 24.6. That puts them at 23rd in the NFL, and then, as we know, right, they are the top-scoring offense in the NFL. So the numbers tell us um, the the ground defense rate should be pretty good. it would be an interesting sight to see. Um, I think we know what the Titans will do, and then – offensively, it's you know, one team will have a a ton of attempts in the air, and then the other team will probably not throw the ball more than 15 times in a game if they start their rookie quarterback, right? And so, right. um, Speaking of injuries between Tannehill and, and some of those other guys, what does it look like from that perspective?
0: All right, so going into Week 9, uh, obviously the Chiefs coming off that bye week. They pretty much get a little bit healthy um, as far as they getting their rookie cornerback uh, Trent McDuffie back from that hamstring injury. So he is uh, good to go to play. Um, the only person that is listed out um, as far as injury is Jody Fortson. uh was a tight end. He uh, ends up having a quad injury. Um, and did not practice all this week, so he's out. So it's very interesting about this injury um, with Fortson because He obviously wasn't on the injury report before, um, you know, our bye week but then all of a sudden after the the bye week you know, he had gotten that injury. So I was trying to look up and see more, like, you know, if it happened in practice or what happened, but I didn't end up seeing anything. So very interesting to keep an eye on that part. Obviously, um, other injuries to look forward to, um, you know, as far as coming back um, from injury is uh, Blake Bell, which is another tight end. I think Andy said he's about a week or two away from at least returning to practice. So he'll, he should be back on the team here um, in the next couple weeks. And then also uh, Lucas Niang, who was on the Pub list to start the season. I think he believe he did practice this week, but he's still on that Pub list. So look for him to probably be activated, um, if not next week, the week after that, to get him back for um, you know, a little bit more health um, and death on that offensive line. Obviously, we'll be without Frank Clark this week and next week with that two-game suspension. So he's obviously um, out as well. So looking as at the whole, as, as far as what the Chiefs are, it looks like it's just like Fortson um, that is out for the Chiefs uh, for the game against the Titans. Um, so they're, go- they're going on to the Titans for their entry list, which I thought that was really weird. I looked at their depth chart uh, this morning, right? And I saw that and I'm like, wow, they only have four active wide receivers on their team. Now they'll probably promote one or two, um, you know, from the pride of the squad, because I believe you can promote a, two players. But they only have four active wide receivers, and one of them is Chris Conley, who they signed off of our practice squad, um, you know, recently. So I thought that was very interesting. Now I do obviously have four tight ends, so it doesn't make up. But I just I was wondering that because you know most teams are going to put in like four. I'm sorry, at least five uh, wide receivers. They so only have four, but they have like three wide receivers on IR this year, so they've gotten gotten pretty injured there on the uh, on the receiving core, I would say, Anyways, so as far as on their actual injuries coming into this game uh Torrey Carter their fullback will be out didn't practice all week with a neck injury Um, one of the bigger ones is Amani Hooker their safety has a shoulder injury he did not practice all this week so he is out um and I guess the big one question right now is whether Tannehill will play with that ankle injury or not he actually practiced limited two times this week and one of them he didn't practice at all so he's questionable with the ankle and like you mentioned here just a bit ago he's doing everything he can to play in sunday night's game but we'll guess we'll just have to wait um and see if it's either Tannehill or malik willis being for that quarter uh for the quarterback for the game i did they do the list here bud dupree um you know obviously one of their good linebackers had an illness and didn't practice on uh friday but uh he is questionable and i think he's probably gonna end up going to play but um that's pretty much the injury front um, here for the Chiefs and Titans for both those teams. So on to, um, I guess you would say, Arquise, the game for this one. I know this is probably, this is gonna be probably simple as far as for the most part on the defensive part. But what you got as far as our Arquise's offense on the offense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we have to take advantage of their poor secondary, right? And throw the ball, it's kind of like what we thought about for the Bucks game where if you can get out early, make some big plays, make them less dependent on the run where they have to air it out a little bit more, especially if Malik Willis starts. I think that's important, right? So I think Anderito definitely dial up some some good play calls. Um I know we didn't talk about him in the trade, right, since it was last week, but I think Kadarius Tony is supposed to get some snaps, right? They had talked about him playing somewhere between ten to fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they said he was healthy. And yep. So I think that'll be interesting, right? How do they use um, their new weapon, who is very athletic? So yeah, for me, it's taking advantage of their poor secondary, making sure Mahomes gets a ton of opportunities um, to expose their secondary. Now the thing is, of course, like with any game, right? The offensive line will have to be really, really good because if you're going to just play, you know, 5v4, 5v5 um, in the trenches, these Titans have a really good defensive line. They also have a knack for playing really, really well versus the Chiefs. I was looking up that Andy Reid's record is 2-7 and versus the Titans. Um, So yeah, it's just a team that always gives us trouble, right? Um, So that'll be something that I think is important is taking advantage of their poor secondary. Holmes being great. Andy Reid's play-calling abilities to create opportunities for the playmakers at the wide receiver and tight end position to get the ball, uh, or sorry, just to make plays, right? So I think that's the biggest thing for me is Mahomes being great and taking advantage of their poor secondary.
0: Well, and kind of you, know, you just mentioned about the offensive line. Uh, the last time uh, a deposing defensive line uh, player for a team called out the Chiefs offensive line, we actually had a good game, which speaking of, that was the Buccaneers game, which I believe it was, was it Shaq Barrett or whatever? I think he. I think it was somebody on the defensive line. Yeah, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, called out and says, oh, we're going to have a day if it's anything, you know, kind of just like the Super Bowl was. And then we showed up, and offense played really well. Our sorry, offensive line played played pretty well in that uh, on that game. So this week it's uh, basically a new team, same story. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, basically called out uh, Chiefs offensive line, saying that um, you know that they're going to have a good day against our offensive line. So uh, interesting to see that. That pretty much gets our you know offensive line hyped up for this game too, as well. So hopefully, like I said, we kind of have a good good game for the offensive line. I think that's going to be probably the most important part. Uh, like you did mention, stats how uh, you know Tennessee is pretty much bad in, in the of passing game. So um, you know, obviously, look to see Patrick Mahomes hopefully have a good day today. Um, as long as that offensive line, obviously, like I said, does step up, uh, because when they did play uh, another high-scoring offense like the Buffalo Bills, I believe Josh Allen had 317 yards and four touchdowns in that 41-7 loss they had. So back in week two. So hopefully, it's something similar like that, but we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, pretty much on the same line as you, you know, just kind of see where they put, um, you know, how uh, Kadarius Tony gets involved in the offense, whether it's 10 to 15 plays, um, what he does there. But uh, I think mostly on the, as far as on the passing game, um, I think will actually be solid. Be interesting to see what they do on the running back situation. I mean, obviously this week, uh, Ronald Jones came out, I'm sorry, last week I believe it was, uh, before the bio week came out, and he said that he kind of just wanted to be straight out released because he wasn't being active on game day. So be interesting to see if they ever, uh, you know, if they do go ahead and activate him this week or, you know, going forward or, um, you know, see what happens with that. But, uh, or where they where they go with as far as starting running backs, because obviously the Niners game, last game, the Chiefs started, they announced that Pacheco was going to be a starter. He technically was a starter, but he technically wasn't the starter. So it um, be interesting to see what they do with the running back situations and see who gets, um, you know, the ball more uh, for this game. As far as on the defensive front, I mean, we pretty much know, you know, majority probably need to do. But uh, I'll let you uh, go ahead with the uh, defensive uh, key of the game.
1: Yeah, I think last game with Malik Willis starting, I think they threw ten passes. Um, so if he starts, I expect something similar. Even though I guess they could test the chief secondary right with some big plays, since you've got a lot of uh, inexperience back there. But yeah, without a doubt, he is load the box up, make Malik Willis or even Ryan Tannehill beat you. Um, so that you can stop Derrick Henry and the Chiefs. I mean, they've done so pretty well. Obviously, they did that, you know, in that AFC Championship game a few years ago. Um, and, you know, they have a knack for stopping big-time big time players at the running back position, right? But, yeah, at the end right. of the day, that's what it's all about is make them one-dimensional, stop Derrick Henry. If you score a lot of points and they're playing catch-up, they have to throw the ball more, then they become less reliant on Henry himself. Um, and if it's Malik Willis, right, just take advantage of the fact that he's an experienced rookie that was drafted in the third round that has a huge arm, but his accuracy has been questioned and all that stuff. And there a, there's a reason why they only do it, like I said, about 10 times last game. So, um, yeah, it just depends on who the quarterback is. Right? I think Tannehill offers you a little bit more, but we all know. Stop Derek Henry.
0: Right. And as you were saying, I mean – I think the Chiefs with the magic number for the Chiefs on Derrick Henry is, I think if you look at it, it's always under 100 yards. I mean, most would look at that for most running backs. But especially for Derrick Henry, if you looked at the last two games, he did not get over 100 yards and the Chiefs won. The previous two games before that, we played the Titans, he got over 100 um, and had big days and they won. So um, I think that's that's probably like the main stat point as far as on Henry is you know, make sure he's not getting under 100. I mean, he's going to probably get his one or two big plays a game. He normally does um, pretty much against every team uh, every week. So um, just make sure he doesn't hit the end zone. He doesn't get, like, a huge long run, I guess you would say, um, and just kind of keep him under 100. But like you were saying, um, you know, mostly I expect the Chiefs stack the box. You know, obviously um, Spags are probably mix in the blitz blitz package as well. And just make sure you're avoiding over-the-top plays. You know, you always still have your, you know, two safeties back there. So, um, even though you're stacking the boxes, make sure you're not getting hit with those play-action fakes for uh, long throws. But to uh, your point you just made too, that might not happen as much because if Ryan Tannehill is not in there, um, I don't see you know Malik Willis making those same kind of plays. But um, but well, I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see. But I, I think it's a little bit different, you know, uh, quarterback you're preparing for between Tannehill. And Willis, obviously, with Tannehill's experience, too, and especially having experience playing against us. So that will be well, interesting to yeah. see.
1: And remember last year, uh, Nick Bolton, this is like his coming out party though the Chiefs got whooped. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a game where like, he had, you know, like 15 tackles, and it was constantly meeting Derrick Henry and, you know, actually standing him up, right, which not many people do. Um, of course, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, Titans always play really, really well. I mean, they've beaten us four out of the five last matchups right with us, only winning that AFC Championship game. So, um, you know, although it may not look like a good matchup on paper, they always play well, and Mike Rabel only has them um, with two losses this year, despite maybe not having, you know, a really good quarterback. So it'll it'll be a good game. I mean, I get why it's on Sunday night, even though it may not look like the most attractive game since right. Tennessee is playing, right? But but yeah i guess we'll
0: see well i guess i take that back because i did say we won the last two games of hunting under 100 no he he did run under 100 the last two games but we, you're right he, we, we didn't we didn't win the last two games because uh, we lost yeah. the last one last year so yeah that's that's incorrect but um still but still the fact story remains the same keep him under 100 yards and you have a pretty good chance of winning we'll put it that way so um that's that's pretty much the main stat point as far as um on the defensive front for sure
1: well and you mentioned, right, Frank Clark being out, so George Khalap just to get a lot more reps. Um, and he is good at stopping the run, right? That was one of his strong suits in college. So um you know definitely he'll definitely play a part in stopping the run. Obviously Bolton and you know, the linebacker crew too, but you know, the edge the edges have to contain and force him inside versus letting him get out there because if he gets out there against a luxurious Need or any of our secondary players, you know, we could end up on a highlight reel.
0: Correct. Yep. All right, so heading into our uh, game prediction uh, for this game, um, I do think obviously Chiefs normally play pretty well. Obviously on Andy Reid's off Andy Reed's bye week, so they normally for the most part win. I think they're what what Andy Woods probably since he's been with the Chiefs. I think he's lost maybe two games after the right. bye week. I think one of them might have been New England, um, but uh, you know for the most part, obviously it's hard to beat Andy Reid off of bye. That's just kind of a general statement. That's pretty much the whole NFL knows especially being on primetime now I know I do know sometimes that Pat does or Patrick Mahomes does sometimes in a way does struggle on primetime games but normally he doesn't especially at home so um obviously I'm still going with the Chiefs uh to win this game but I'm going with about 24-20 somewhere in the low 20s there's probably I would expect uh from this game what about you Rich
1: Yeah I mean I was thinking something similar right like 28-27 to 17, 20, 21, something like that. So I'll just go with 31 to 21 Chiefs. Um, I think the scoreboard will obviously say that the Chiefs won by two scores. I think it might be a little bit more of a struggle game to where the scoreboard doesn't truly reflect how much the Chiefs battled. Now, of course, right, every time we say something, it goes a complete opposite direction. Right. Um, So I expect it to be completely way off. But the Chiefs should win this game. Um, you know, you can't lose to a team with a beat-up Ryan Tannehill who has a bum ankle or a Malik Willis at quarterback, right? Uh, if the Titans do win, Malik Willis has to play amazing. Or Derek Henry goes off for like 200 yards, which he did last weekend. I don't think anyone wants that from a Chiefs perspective, right? So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, right? Either we make Willis a star. Or we treat him like the rookie is, or uh, Derrick Henry puts up record numbers on a switch. Like I said, nobody wants.
0: Right. So, it, and the funny thing is here is obviously the Chiefs are five and two, and the Titans are five and two. You know, both being division leaders right now. But the funniest thing I, I thought this week was how does a, a five and two team facing another five and two team, even though they're on the road, they're twelve and a half point underdogs. Like right. that. Just thought, I just thought that was the weirdest thing. I was like, I mean. Obviously, you know, playing Patrick Mahomes, off, like we mentioned, and Andy Reid off of bye week is pretty tough, not only being at home, but um, that just seems that seems like a pretty big spread um, to, uh, you know, at least to have for the difference between the two teams. I don't know what your thoughts about that, but that, that was kind of interesting.
1: <clears throat> no, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's kind of the case, right, is on paper the matchup looks very one-sided, but everybody has it, right? Everybody has one team or a few teams or a few coaches. That just have your number and my variable does on Andy Reid, right? That's just the truth of it. Now, I get one of those wins that the Titans have versus the Chiefs is when um Patrick had just come back right from his uh dislocated knee. And we, you know, we almost made it a game and they beat us like don't uh, know I think a game winning field goal, right? Uh, right? I think it was a Super Bowl year. But um but yeah, I mean it still counts, right? So I agree 100%. The, the, the scoreboard, the betting line, all that stuff just makes it like it won't be a matchup. And who knows? You know, maybe the the new style offense that the Chiefs plays where Patrick is more, you know, taking what's given versus the big play offense, maybe right. that'll be something that, you know, the, the Titans can't handle or just aren't used to versus the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, I think it'll – like I said, if it's in the 20s, I think that's appropriate. I just – the hard part is I don't see how the Titans score more than – well, at least two touchdowns if it's not Derrick Henry, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, to keep up with the Chiefs offense, I just don't see it. I mean, I don't. I mean, at a certain point, I just don't see them getting that high, um, you know, as far as mid to late 30s on their team. Not with not with their offense. There's no way. I yeah,
1: they're so. – I'm not mistaken. So their leading receiving touchdown score is Dantra Hiller, their backup running back. And then aside from that, they only have three more receiving touchdowns. So
0: That's crazy, um, yeah.
1: Or oh, sorry, one more. No, yeah, three more receiving touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. how Tannehill has seven? I have no idea. But yeah, um,
0: it don't make sense either.
1: But um but yeah, so like I said, if it's Willis or Tannehill, you just gotta take advantage of that, load at the box, make the quarterback speech you. All right.
0: So also just to mention, uh, for the game this week, uh Chiefs always have a honorary um inductee to the ring of honor and Hall of Fame. Uh, every year they have one person. I think last year it was Tim Grunhart. So uh, tonight uh, it will be former fullback. Kimball Anders will be also, not only the drum honoree for the game today, but also will be inducted to the Chiefs Ring of Honor and Hall of Fame at halftime. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how much you you probably remember him about Rich, but he kind of reminds me a lot, like kind of like what Tony Richardson was when we had him too as well, um, fullback. But he was – I mean, man, both these guys, uh, you know, Anders and Richardson, were pretty much – the dime a dozen at the time where the league needed fullbacks, right? Like fullbacks was a thing then. Obviously, fullbacks is a past no. position nowadays, but um, didn't know Unless what your you thoughts about. Shanahan. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you're Kyle Shanahan. Or in in some aspects, you're Andy Reid, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah. With... All
1: those West Coast guys, right?
0: Yeah, So, but uh, what are your thoughts as far as on that uh, drum honoree, uh, or sorry, the uh, inductee to the new Chiefs Hall of Fame, Kimber Anders today?
1: Yeah, so I didn't even know that. I didn't pay attention to who they were doing that for this week or who was doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, one of the first names I remember growing up, you know, as a T-San, being a kid. So that's pretty cool. Um, Definitely one of the legendary names from, let's say, the 90s, so very Um, well-deserving. But yeah, definitely not a name I probably heard in... Since he retired, <laughs> right? So, right.
0: It's been a while since I heard it too, as well. So that was interesting. It's like, well, I mean, he, not to say he doesn't deserve it. He definitely does deserve it. But just right. definitely doing a name you don't, you just don't bring up his name. It's like a you lot. Said he's I, a
1: fullback, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I to be honest, like when I'm when I'm thinking Chiefs fullbacks in the '90s, you know, I I mean, yeah, he's up there. But I think I think Tony Richardson's still up there. I mean, his I think his is more like the late '90s, early 2000s, right? But yeah. um, but I still think of him more than I do Kimbo Anders, but Um, obviously he is you know he's up there too so um you know pretty much well deserved for him to be adding his name to that ring of honor that you'll see at the stadium every time you go pretty much so that's kind of interesting to see that right all right so going into our final thoughts topic uh for the week uh obviously the biggest news um at least for the most part other than trade deadline because that was pretty much the biggest news from this past uh week or so is the uh report now that uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, is basically looking into selling the team. Uh, I think he basically hired some uh, what uh, some Bank of America, I believe, some uh, you know associates or whatever—not associates, but um, what do you call them? I think what they call them. And it. it's like a basically like a team. I don't know from Bank of America right. to help him figure yeah. out how to sell the team. But anyways, um, I guess the report uh, lately of that is now, it looks like uh former CEO from Amazon, Jeff Bezos, and it looks like Jay-Z is involved in trying to get a deal to take over the team. But what is, I guess, your whole situation uh, thoughts on this? We know it's been a long time coming. I think probably for, what, the last maybe two or three years at least that this was probably going to happen just with things going down with, emails in the league, they got John Gruden fired, you know, blah, 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 blah going on and on, all all of the different things that have happened, but I guess, what are your thoughts that finally this probably is going to go down, where he's going to end up probably selling the team?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, because I mean, there are obviously a lot of things that go on in the world that are messed up, right, and in reference to the NFL, I'm sure the owners, I mean, Robert Kraft, right, wasn't forced to sell after all the weird things he was doing, um, but um the problem with Daniel, you know, it's kind of a life. if you're a clown and you do some bad stuff, you better make sure your team is really, or your situation is really, really good, right? Right. Like, if you're a, for lack of better terms, an asshole, and you portray that and in how you run your organization, and then your team sucks, you can't get away with doing bad stuff, right? That's just how the world works. It sucks that it's like that, right? But that's reality. So the commanders slash football team slash resticans haven't been decent in a while. Um, they're still not decent now. So all of the trouble overshines the, or outshines the performance, right? And so I think for improving the image of that team or that organization, you know, it's the right thing. Um, he'll make a ton of money. He'll obviously make more money than what he bought it for. So he'll make great profit and he can go off and continue to do the weird things that he does. Um and how he operates his life, right? So, um, the thing though is, when it happens, because I think it's you know, if it gets to this point, it's gonna happen, right? It'd be interesting Pretty to much. see what pieces happen after that, right? Because he says, "I got all this stuff," and I'll say all these things, which it's cool, but it's it's like it's almost like when the stuff comes out about the government, you know, like the politicians. It's like, well, we already knew that; it's right. just now someone said it, you know. So. Um, But from a football perspective, I think it'd be a great thing. I would love for them to change the name because Washington Commander sounds like, you know, created team in Madden. Yeah, Um, it does. So it'd be cool if whoever buys. Yeah, exactly right. XFL team should be cool if whoever does end up buying it, just like rebrands the whole thing. Kind of, yeah, you want to preserve some of the history of, it's really the Redskins, right? And all the winning with Gibbs and Doug Williams, you know, being one of the, being the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I think you can still honor the people without, you know, honoring the organization or kind of just restarting all that, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that happens. I think it would be cool. Um, but, yeah, I think it's something that's definitely needed. And I don't know if you've been keeping up with that on Twitter, too, but RG3, um, you know, put something out there saying that, you know, he would love to become a minority owner. He supposedly has $400 million raised, and he was going to bring 10 fans along with him on that journey, right? where Nice be part of an ownership group. So who knows how legit that is. I mean our G3 without a doubt has, you know, has people, right? I mean I know he doesn't have the four hundred million, or if he does, why would you use it all yourself? But yeah right. um that's a cool little thing. So if and from a from a NFL image, how cool would it be if the first let's say I mean, he'd still be a minority owner, right? But it's to be the first black owner in the NFL if it's Jay-Z, um, you know, or whoever else it is, right? So whether it is Bezos, Jay-Z, and some other folks. Um, but that would be – it sounds like your typical media image move, right? The team that had all these issues with women and how they treated Trent Williams and some of the some of the other stuff that's come about, you know, it, it, it screams – media situation to do something to appease the image of the NFL and that specific team. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of why that's kind of how I look at it. As far as, you know, you would think that would ha- they would have to rebrand the team again, just because of uh, the, the, the kind of black cloud that hangs over this team for so long with, like I said, the name changes and uh, even right now with the quarterback situation um, and then just Daniel Steiner for, you know, for how long we're, I can remember back, obviously, my first experience as far as you know, just always hearing about Daniel Snyder was when he would sign these lucrative, like ridiculous contracts. Like, you know, he would get, uh, you know, a, what the best, like defensive tackle in the league, and sign him to like a ridiculous, like five-year, like one hundred and twenty million dollar contract, something like that. You know, it's like a, he it would be like ridiculous where he had all those contracts, and I was like, I don't see all these guys are, you know, this team survives and you know obviously they haven't been really good for so long and um just different things and you know kudos to Ron Rivera cuz he's you know a great coach in this league he's been around long enough um you know and not only like he had dealt with you know some him you know some personal issues himself um you know and still be on this team so um he's you know he held it together pretty well so um you know obviously him being still there and hopefully them you know possibly you said getting that new ownership um to uh claim that team you know that actually probably probably help out less of his stress anyways um but uh yeah i I do think that um a total rebranding probably definitely is an order for whoever does um you know end up becoming the new owners. but it's it is kind of one of those long time coming things that it's just you know see the news like something different every single you know month i would say that we've seen in the last couple years is just kind of crazy on that part but yeah we'll we'll then see what ends up happening you know i wish that you know maybe like you and me had enough money and we had like 10 friends so we can go in and we can buy a team it'd be kind of cool to run that'd be great (laughs) yeah that'd be kind of cool and we were talking about that in the chat like we were just like you know someone would be like a gm and that stuff but man that's just like that's a good dream it's like a madden dream obviously but um yeah to to own a team obviously there's a lots to go into it but uh man that'd be awesome to um you know be able to Kind of be in that situation and run and even heck now you know obviously the um you know lottery from last night no one won so now it's 1.9 billion so hey you could be you know if you do oh, win that. no nobody wants so now it's the largest in history at 1.9 billion so even if you do take what the cash um you know allotment i guess you would say you would still be you know way short you know, yourself like to own it but but you you might be able to cover maybe one fourth of it you know maybe one third but uh right um but yeah just a interesting point to put out there as well
1: yeah now you got me thinking like i should do uh in my free time which i know there's not much of it but i should do some kind of uh not you can't do it on, well i guess you can't do it on madden man now now you. Right. maybe that's what i'll go do because if you're an owner on madden you can relocate the team i think you, you can, can you definitely can
0: if it has low enough interest, you can definitely or something like a low enough percentage um for I don't know what it is. Yeah, but, yeah you can move a team.
1: Yeah, so man, that'd be cool because um yeah, I mean like I think Ron Rivera's gone regardless. I think even if Snyder doesn't sell the team right, I think Ron Rivera's done enough this year just because yeah they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback position. Um I mean trade from Carson Wentz didn't help. But um yeah, that would be an interesting situation. But no, that would be that'd be I would love to have those kind of funds to buy an NFL team. That would be amazing, as they said on bench warmers.
0: So speaking of Carson Wentz real quick, you know, the the trade, I wouldn't say the trade, but obviously the Colts have Matt Ryan now, and they they did have Carson Wentz. Do you think the Colts are better this year if they have Carson Wentz, or do you think they're still the same team?
1: I think they're still the same team.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think Jonathan
1: Taylor being injured. I think that's the real issue, right, is him not being able to, Play consistently is the real issue, um, and I think their old line has been a little beat up right because they haven't replaced right. everyone that they lost. Um, and despite Matt Ryan having some great games early on, obviously he's hurt now. So,
0: right, indeed. All right, so that actually will be uh, the conclusion of today's episode of the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. We will actually be back here soon with our recap of that Chiefs Titans Week Nine Sunday Night Football game. Uh, which I, th- I believe the weather is supposed to be like what mid50s maybe raining a little bit here and there so we'll right. see but uh hopefully it's not nothing that's gonna you know impact um the game too much at least as far as our passing game because we obviously want that to still stay the same so have to look and see how the weather uh, goes for tonight's game so thanks again everyone for listening don't forget to follow our podcast and go chiefs